Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. We will be in Isaiah 40, where Ben was reading. You can turn over there. And uh, you can go ahead and take that down. And, uh, man, I'll, I'll tell you, reading this chapter, I have got a million things going on in my head. I, I'm not kidding you. I mean, I, I think I know what I want to preach, but then there's something else I'd like to preach, and there's all these things coming out, so I don't know. I, I, I just, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to guide me, Okay. Um, but I want to pray first, so uh, let's do that. Father, thank you uh, for your immense generosity, Father. And uh, Father, you are—you you have taken such good care of us. You have shepherded us, Father. You are guiding us. I pray that whatever it takes for us to be in your will, Father, that you that you do that, Father. Whether it's um, disciplining, whether it's correcting, whatever it is, Father. Whether it, no matter, Father, we want to be with you doing what you want us to do. We want to walk with you just arm in arm, Father, and just thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you uh, for giving us your Holy Spirit. I pray as we open your word today, uh, I just pray for the words, Father, to, uh, to teach that, that you want me to say. God, and I pray that we hear the words that you want us to hear. And uh, thank you, God, that this is not on us to make it great. Thank you for that. Thanks that um, our perfect performance isn't what makes the kingdom great, Father, but it's you. And thank you for that, God. We love you and we pray in your name. Amen. Um, Yeah, this is, uh, wow, man. Isaiah 40. Goodness gracious. Our word of the year, our, our word of the year this year has been renew. That's, that's what everything has kind of wrapped itself around, right? Every, you know, there's kind of a method to the madness sometimes is, um, you know, we're talk, when we talk about fasting, when we talk about praying, when we talk about getting into the word of God, when we talk about taking a case study like our brothers and sisters in Corinth and kind of look and see how was Paul like driving them back to this renewed spirit, right? This new renewed spirit of discipleship and lordship and just um, kingdom-minded thinking. And now is a great time, and hopefully you've done it periodically, but to ask yourself, has your soul, has your spirit been renewed? Okay. Has your spirit been renewed? And, and I think we're going to look at a couple of things that can kind of like prevent that from happening, for sure. Um, I think one of them is, um, you know, it, we, we like microwavable things oftentimes. Like, like quickly or fast food or something like that. Like we want to get things now. Like what's the quickest way to get something? I was listening to the radio the other day, and it's like everybody's favorite diet. It's this, uh, I forget the name of it. But they were like, do you want to diet? Do you want to lose 50 pounds? But you can still eat donuts and cake and hamburgers and all these things, and you don't have to give up anything? Well, like absolutely I want that because that's like super quick, super easy. And what's interesting about the Word of God is, is we can't just splash it on ourselves and have it really penetrate in. 
all right? We, we can't really do that. We need it on the inside. You know, it's kind of like if you've run. I know there's some runners here. You've run in some races. You've played sports. You've been outside and you've been hot and thirsty. And, you know, it's okay to get sprayed down with water because it cools you off. But you're still thirsty. Like the water's better inside. Okay? And, and sometimes, oftentimes, actually, what can happen is we can come to church and we kind of want the hose just sprayed on us and going, oh, yeah, that was really, really great. <laughs> And then the next day, we're going, oh, man, why am I still thirsty? Right? Why, why, is, why, why is it like that? You know, food is better when it's marinated versus microwaved. Okay? It, it just is, right? And, and these are the things we want is that water inside. We want it like marinate in the Word of God. Let it like soak into us. Remember last week I brought up 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Word of God is useful. What's it useful for? Training, correcting, teaching, rebuking, all of these things so that the man of God can be equipped for every good work. So when we go into this, it's not enough just to hear a sermon on this chapter. What I'm counting on for all of us as a community is that we take this and marinate in it this week. It's just so valuable for us to do. As a preacher, I can tell you this, and you can go on Amazon, and you can look up books on preaching, how to preach, when, and, and there's books like how to make a sticky message. Right? Like words you can say that will stick to you. Okay? How do you make something that's memorable? How do you rhyme all of these words? So when y'all go out, you like know the rhyme I'm giving you. Because that's how you'll remember and we're just trying to figure out how splashing you with water can fulfill you. There is no... Listen, if you're waiting for me to stick it to you, it's not going to work. Okay? You've got to ingest it. We've made... Preaching has become an art of like, how can we make you happiest so you never have to do another thing all week? All right? And I'm saying you have to do things this week. Right? You have to get into this passage. And so we're going to read this right here in verse 28. This question, I love this question. When it comes to renewal, I love this question. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Right? I mean, he's going down, and we're going to back up and get some context on that. But essentially, what we're going to see is the, the writer here is, is writing God's word, and he's saying, guys, haven't you heard of me? Don't you know about me? Don't you know who I really am? Yahweh is the everlasting God. Okay, Th that's one of those words. It just bounced off of you. Okay, and it may be one of the most significant words we talk about. Yahweh, this is. Haven't you heard about God? He's the everlasting. That means never going away. He's always been here. Yahweh, this is. Haven't you heard of him? The Creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint or weary. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine there's never a time, ever, at any point in the history of the universe where God has gotten faint or weary? He doesn't get tired. He doesn't need to sleep. His, he's, he's absolutely just, you know, this everlasting God. He said, use make, uh, he gives strength to the weary. Hold on a minute. Let me back all the way up. Going too fast here. He never grows faint or weary. There's no limit to his understanding. Right? You ever said that before? I wish somebody understood me. He said, there is no limit to his understanding. There's nothing he does. He gets it all. 
way better than we do. He gives strength to the weary and strengthens the powerless. Youths may faint and grow weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Okay, That sounds great. And every one of us, all of us, to a person in here, we would agree, I, I want to be like this. Like, I want this. I want to I soar on wings like eagles. Right? I want to run and not grow weary. I want to walk and not, be, and not faint, right? And not lose my strength. That would be incredible. And he says this here, promising it, those who trust in the Lord, this will happen to. But if your experience is like my experience, oftentimes I can be following Jesus and I'm kind of scratching my head like, why am I so tired? And now understand something. This doesn't mean you don't have to sleep at night. This isn't just not fatigue, okay? But this idea of just like, why am I feeling weary? Why am I feeling scared? Why am I feeling like I have no more strength in me? Okay, well, it's very simple here, right? He, he says it. He says, very simply, those who trust in the Lord. That's simple. But I want you to ask yourself, what does that actually mean? And what does it look like in your life? And what does it look like in my life, okay? If I'm sitting down here and I have Jesus reading this, this is what's helpful to me to correct my heart and to teach me and to rebuke me and to train me in righteousness is to picture what if I was having a quiet time with Jesus and he wanted to study this out with me. And he was sitting here, he's like, haven't you heard, Keith? Like, like you're getting weary. You're getting scared. You're getting all these things. He's like, but... Man, I don't have any limits. I don't grow faint or weary like I'm everlasting. I'm the creator of the whole earth. And if you just trusted in me, right, you, you would soar. You would run. You would walk and not grow faint. All right. I love that, the way Jesus would do this. But here's the next question I think would be difficult. If Jesus were to go, but Keith, so tell me. Because I think my first instinct with Jesus would go, but I do trust in you. But, but I do then what does it look like in your life? Okay. Because in the Christian world, we have like a lexicon of words and statements that we use, but we don't really know what they mean. Right? God works for the good of those who love him. That's awesome. Trust in the Lord. Man, that sounds great. How many of you would ever correct somebody if they were like, I'm just trying to trust in the Lord? Man, we would be like, that's awesome, automatically. Like, that's all, you just said a word that keeps me from asking you any other questions. Okay, because how messed up do you have to be to question somebody saying, I just try to trust in the Lord? But the next question is really important. Then what does it look like? What does that actually look like, okay? And so there's something really neat if we're looking at really renewing our strength, turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. All right, we're going to go into the book of Proverbs. I love it. It's simple. Proverbs chapter 3.
how do I do this? Verse 1, my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. Never let loyalty or faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. All right, so here's, as I was reading this passage and studying it, I'm going, oh man, that really gets in the way of me deciding, God, I'll trust you whatever you want to do in my life. I'll trust you. But then I start like relying on my own understanding. Right? My, my own understanding of things. Well, well, you know, God wants me to go and do, like, he, he agrees with the way my life is going. He just wants me to have a great life. Like, the way I understand God, he would never be upset. The way I, and we have this understanding that's been kind of built into us. If you spent any time in Christianity or in a Christian church, oftentimes we can build into people. You know, this idea uh, that's not even biblical. It's just kind of a guy's understanding of things. Right? Like you can be saved, you can be converted, and you don't really have to follow Jesus. That's one of them. Okay? And saying, don't rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways, and he will guide you. All right? Think about him in all your ways. This right here, this is one of those marinating verses. Could... Me and you do this. Think about him in all your ways. Meditate on the word constantly. Having time to like pull out of kind of the noise and have some silence and solitude. Because frankly, that's the only way I get to a place to even understand how to trust Jesus. Right? Because when he put his Holy Spirit in me, the Holy Spirit is like, there's a direction the Holy Spirit wants to go. And it's taking me, old Keith, to the cross. So we could follow Jesus. Okay, That's where the Holy Spirit's going in me, okay? And everything about Keith is like, I don't want to go there. Like, I want my journey with Jesus to not go through the cross. Right? To not go through some denial of myself. I want to go around it. And, and what's, what's happening is, is unless I kind of like think about him in all of my ways and meditate on his word and get to know who he is deeply where it's written on my heart. All right. If that, if that doesn't happen, then I don't really have any idea of what I'm supposed to be Doing Like the Holy Spirit could be going, Keith, you got to go through this door. But I don't want to go through that door. And there's so much noise. But when I back up and I'm kind of quiet and I listen and I'm, I'm going, you want to know what? I can go through that door. I, I can go through that. R remember what we just read in Isaiah 40. There's very little he talked about our circumstances. But you know what he did say? I'll strengthen you. He didn't say he's going to take away bad circumstances. He didn't say life was going to be perfect. He didn't. In fact, he said, this is going to be tough. 
This is going to be tough navigating life following Jesus. And he says, here's what I'll do. I will strengthen you. This is very tough to get connected to if we don't find some time away. Now, here's what I'm going to say about that. Some of you in here, you have jobs and schedules, and it's, it's not really up to me to decide what your schedule will be of silence and solitude and meditation and fasting. All right? But it's all of our responsibility to take a look at our life and our time and the way it's used, and how do I faithfully get time to where I go away? Jesus did this often. Right? Jesus did this often. He, he went away to lonely places often. Before he went to the cross, he found Gethsemane. He went to a garden and he, he left his guys behind and said, let me go pray over here. Right? People knew how to find him because he had a place where he was praying. Me and you have to find that place. We've got to find that mountaintop. We've got to find that garden. We've got to find that. It might just be a prayer walk, but it's away from everything. To where we can just like, let me just meditate on this. Let me meditate on, on God being in control of me. Let me do this. So why? I want to be renewed. I don't need my circumstances changed. I want to be strengthened. I need to be strengthened. I don't want to lose my strength spiritually. I don't want that. But getting myself in this place. And he says, so Keith, here's what I want you to stop. Don't rely on your own understanding. Right? There's a level of humility. How's, how's that word for you? Our, it, me and you should be using that word quite often if we're following Jesus. Right? Don't rely on your own understanding. That means I'm not as important as I think I am. I'm not as smart as I think I am. I don't have it all on straight like I think I do. It's this idea of putting myself in a place of going, okay, teach me. Send people to me that are going to preach your word. Let me look into your word and that it changes my heart. Okay, it's this, it's this humble place. All right, so how do we trust in the Lord? We don't rely on our own understanding. We're marinating on him. We have these times of silence and solitude. Don't consider, your, here's another, don't consider yourself to be wise but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Again, there's this kind of humility. And, and, and listen, I, I may just be projecting me on you. So you can totally like not take this. But, but here's the thing. If I am not taking time away on a consistent level, when, I'm not in, when I don't have my little prayer place, when I don't have my prayer walk, when I don't have my garden that I go to, all right? I become the smartest person I know. I don't trust anyone. Like everybody else's input comes behind mine. Because I'm so smart. And I'm so capable. And I'm so and can I tell you the the the, the curve that happens with my strength spiritually when that happens is is just consistently lower and lower and lower until you hit the bottom. So again, there's this humility of us sitting back as, man, don't be wise, but turn, he says here, um, turn away from evil. Like this is going to help us. Can you, can you see how engaging in evil could oppose trusting in God? Can you see how that can happen? 
You see how that could get in the way of us just being okay with following Jesus wherever he goes, just trusting him for whatever his plan is. His plan may be for you to never use the degree you've received. Could you imagine spending all that money? And then Jesus is like, I got another thing for you. You will be a missionary. You will live here. You'll, you know, here's the thing. Here's what kept going through my mind when I was a young Christian and I was in Tallahassee and I was an athletic trainer. And I was like, I knew God made it very clear. Keith, you stay right here. All right. But there was a problem. There were no jobs as an athletic trainer open. None. And so I'm like, hold on a minute. I just spent a lot of time. And there was money and effort and energy and all of these things. And now, like, what is there? And here's, this is what the Holy Spirit did, okay? Is it became, okay, I was like, here's the deal. God, if you want me to stay here, I will go and make French fries at McDonald's for the rest of my life. Okay? I will go there and do that. If you don't open up any job, and that, understand something, that's not me being uber spiritual. Like, I had a dream, right? I was going to the NFL to be a trainer. And I became so content with, like, Keith, there's plenty of jobs in Tallahassee. There's plenty of jobs. You can work at, you know, Kohl's. You can work at McDonald's. You can work at, and here's the thing, but, but that's not fair. And it challenges us to go, do I want what God wants and the direction? You want to know what? God takes your life in crazy directions. It really, absolutely, it's, it's insane, right? But it's this idea of, man, it's so beneficial and necessary for us to say, you want to know what? I got to get away from the things I'm doing that aren't of God. Okay, turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Okay, we're going to look at something real quick because I think there's, you know, in, in a college town, there's kind of like the low-hanging fruit of sin, which is just like sexual immorality, all right, that's like the thing. You throw that out. That's like the only evil you could possibly do, right? And, and just keeping it very short and simple, if you're living in sexual immorality, stop. It's that, it really, get help, all right? I've been there. I've needed help. I've been scared. I've needed help, right? But let's look at Colossians 3 here in verse 5. He says this, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Okay? And he says, sexual morality. Like, like, we got that. Let's put it to death. Okay? If you're sleeping together with your boyfriend or girlfriend and you're not married, put it to death. If you're looking at porn, put it to death. All right? If you're doing all kinds of craziness that I don't even know, put it to death. Right? But he says this, he, he goes on, and we tend to forget impurity, lust. We got that, right? Like, don't lust. Impurity, just like total impurity, not just sexual. But, but we tend to leave out a couple things. Also put to death evil desire and greed. Right, let, let's stop there for one second. He just said, this is what... This may be one of those kind of hidden things. We're going, why aren't I renewed? Why, why aren't I able to kind of really settle in? Why not? Like, I've stopped doing things. I've stopped, like, I'm trying to live righteously. 
except we always tend to like, I don't know about you, maybe you study it all the time. I always tend to like look over that, like what's the big deal about greed? Because when you can't get enough materially, your relationship with Jesus can't thrive. That's what greed is. It's not enough to have enough. I have to have more and better and the next best thing. And when somebody who's next, you know, who, who is at school that has the iPhone 27 and I have the iPhone 22, I'm going, oh, I got to have it though. But you don't because yours works fine. I don't care what T-Mobile says. They're not giving you free iPhones, okay? That ain't free. You're crazy if you're li- listening to all that. They're, listen, you're paying money. But here's the thing is that greed inside of us says, I need more. I've got to have something better. I can't be okay with just having what I have. And he says, that's idolatry. Like, get rid of that. Okay? And I can keep, like, like just throwing that word at you over and over and over again. And here's the thing is, it's just kind of like, you know, bouncing off or like it's like a little bit of spraying you down with some water. It's going to go away really quickly unless me and you take some time to go, where am I greedy? Because I'm greedy. I don't always know where that is, though. All right? I am the king of justification. If I'm doing it, I can almost justify it in following Jesus. Okay? And then it's stepping back and and going, okay, God, tell me, where am I greedy? Let me look at how I'm spending my money. Let me look at my material things. Let me look at those things. Where am I greedy? Where am I not content in you? Where is it where Jesus may be saying, Keith, I'm giving you all that you need, and I'm going, but I need more if I'm going to follow you. He says, get rid of that, okay? So he says, fear the Lord, turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body, strengthening for your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Don't despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and don't loathe his discipline, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as a father, the son he delights in. So we get some insight here. He said, honor God with your things and with the first fruit of your produce. Okay, do you know why? Because if you're a farmer and the first fruit comes out and you're going, okay, let me, I'm giving this to the Lord and I don't know if I'm going to have any more. That's kind of the opposite of what the world says. The opposite says, listen, make sure you have enough for you, okay? Make sure you have enough time and money and vacations. Make sure you have all of that enough, then give what's left over. Do you see how opposite that is from the kingdom of God? He's saying, no, listen, the first fruit's like, actually trust me with your things, That, that may be one of those things as we spend some time kind of marinating on this really becomes challenging. And don't, uh, do not loathe his discipline. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. All right. So Hebrews chapter 12. Um, uh, man, a, a lot of you know what Hebrews 11 is. All right. That's. You know, that's the thing. Hebrews 11 is great. It's the hall of faith, right? It's all these faithful people, and we love it, and it's fantastic. And as you're reading through Hebrews, you're going, it's super challenging. Man, this is crazy. How awesome is Moses and Abraham and all of these people? And then he goes into Hebrews 12, and he's like, okay, guys, listen, run your race that's marked out in front of you. All right, that, that, that's so important, all right, is, is run what's in front of you right now. 
today. Run the race. But then he goes on, he says this in verse 7. Endure suffering as discipline. Endure suffering as discipline. Don't forget about all the other things. Don't rely on your own understanding. Oh, something bad's happening. It must, I'm doing something wrong. Or I, God doesn't love me. Or something like that. He's like, no. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which I'll receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had natural fathers discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them. But he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the fruit of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Right? This is fantastic. Here, isn't it crazy that God has given me and you purpose in every single thing that we do in our life? One of the ways we stop trusting Jesus is because we haven't answered the question of why am I even here? What's my purpose? Why did God put people here on earth? And every step of the way, Jesus is reminding us everything you go through has purpose. Even suffering has purpose. He says, for your benefit, it results in peace and righteousness when we're trained by it. You see the mindset change right there? It's to be trained by our suffering. Can you do that just by reading this verse and walking off? I don't think we can. I think it's a matter of, again, going and finding my Gethsemane. Right? Finding my lonely place and, and going often to that place. Going regularly to that place. Well, I'm not listening to my phone. I'm not listening to music. Don't try to convince yourself, but I got to listen to some music. But you don't have to. Silence can be scary sometimes. And we learn things, and I learn things when I'm alone with the Bible that sometimes alarm me. But I've got to ask, like if Jesus is gone, but Keith, do you trust in me? You know, there's an aspect of that word trust. There's, there's this little aspect of that word that, that's used in Isaiah 40 that actually kind of lends itself to the idea of waiting on God. Like trust in me, wait on me. And, and like, okay, sit on the sofa, play video games, watch Netflix. That's, is that what he means? He's like, no, there's a race I'm running and it's what I can like right here, right now. And it's this idea of, of trusting in him and waiting and not trying to make things happen that I've never been given authority to make happen. Okay, we do that oftentimes and then we get clunky. We do that with relationships. Man, I want to get married. I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to go, I got to go find that cute guy or that cute girl because I got to make this happen. I got to go everywhere to make that happen. And, and, and here's what I'm going to tell you. Man, I, I was converted into a campus ministry that there was like four of us. And two of them were engaged. I'm sitting here going, like, I'm a, I'm a grad student going, what the heck, man? <laughs> you know, 
I'm like, what's going on? You know, I'm not just going to settle for dating in the world. I'm not going to settle for someone who's not a disciple. Okay, there's no way I'm settling for that. And I'm going, how on earth? God, you, I don't know. And let me take it into my own hands. That doesn't work. Okay? It wasn't about me going, let me go find someone. And let me, no, no. Here's what God did. He snatched a California dude and a, and a live oak farm girl, and we found each other somehow. Okay? That's what's crazy. But in our world, we think, no, no, no. But, but I can... You don't understand. I can force this. I, I, I can go ahead and make this happen. What? Just wait. Just, just wait. Okay. You're going, well, that's easy, Keith. You've been married for like 22 years, man. That's easy. For, of course it's easy for me to say. But that doesn't make it any, that doesn't make it wrong. Okay. There's things that all of us, we're being told, Wait. Stop working that. You don't need to work that extra thing to make more money. Wait. You don't need that new toy. Just wait. You don't need to be acknowledged. You don't need all these things. Just wait on me. Like, I'm going to give you work in front of you, and, and I want you to navigate that faithfully, and let me take care of everything else. Okay? Matthew wrote it in a different way in Matthew 6, verse 33. He says, seek first the kingdom. So everywhere I go, what I'm enthralled about is, what is it about the kingdom that God wants me to do? Where, where is he putting me today, this afternoon, tonight, this week, when I go home for Thanksgiving, okay? It's really easy as a disciple to go, I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to like veg out, and I'm not doing nothing, and I'm going to let mom serve me and make all the food, and, all the, and I'm just going to kind of do my selfish thing. Except, here's the deal. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you don't get to stop being one because it's a holiday. Okay? We still wake up and go, okay, Jesus, if you woke up in my body today, what would you do in my household? Man, I'd serve. I'd be encouraging. I'd be helping. I'd be, uh, man, just, that's what I would be doing. I wouldn't be sitting, Jesus, could you imagine? You're like, Jesus, what are you doing, man? I've been, uh, I'm like, my mom's ringing you turkey and you're eating and falling asleep again and then you want dessert afterward. I, I can't even imagine that. All right. Trusting in the Lord. Back to Isaiah 40 as we go ahead and wrap this up here. Isaiah chapter 40. What's amazing is the entirety of this chapter is um, that there's, God is trying to get information across of his magnitude. Okay, Like none of the things that I just shared, it, you'll, you'll, you won't be convinced of them if you don't think and, and view God in, a, a, in, in like this just enormous, magnificent, majestic way. Okay, Like we'll just go, nah, I got my way. And when you go back and read this, he continues to say things that blow our mind. Like, here's the thing is, God's introducing himself and going, do you know anybody that's measured all the world in the palm of their hands? Right? Do, do you know anybody that's like that, that has weighed all of the mountains on a scale? Have you ever known anybody who is enthroned above the circle of the earth, who stretches the heavens out like a thin cloth? Do you know anyone like that? That's the one that that we go, that's who I want. I can trust him with anything in the world. 
All right? And it just goes on. Who will you compare me to? Who is my equal? He calls all the stars by name. Okay, what's the purpose of all of that? It's not for us to put up like really neat like sayings on our like whatever um, phone or laptop or put it on. They're okay. That's fine if you want to do that. But the goal isn't that Jesus would put up a saying. The goal is that we understand what God is trying to do with me and you is to get to a place where we're going, man, God is so magnificent and so majestic and so enormous and so beyond my understanding. I can make decisions that I know he's going to take care of everything. I can be content with hard decisions about my future, about relationships, about all. I'm, I'm content with going, God, I trust you because you've done all of these things. Okay. And so the beauty of our communion, when we come together and, and we get to take communion, this is the beauty of that. You know, unfortunately, what can happen is, is we go, oh man, we kind of do this every week. And, and how can I, like, how can it be fresh if I think about it every week? Right? But here's my question for you. Is the things that me and you love, we think about every day. Okay. The things that we really are into, we think about constantly. Right? The things that we want to get, we think about how to get them constantly. But then we come together to like share this time of communion, of communion with Jesus, the, the, the Jesus, the king who died and was buried and rose again. Right. The king who's come into his kingdom. And, and this time to go, man, let's help each other like grow an even greater imagination, an even greater level of awe about who this is that we're saying, I trust you. When it comes to sin and saying no to it, God, I trust that you have something better. Right? When it comes to everything, when it comes to jobs and all those things, God, I trust you. You know best. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 